You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the accursed. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Peace be upon you. Good morning. Welcome to the Breakfast Show of the Voice of Islam with uh, Imam Tawqeed Tanwir and myself, Walid Ahmad. The time is uh, three minutes past seven. It's approaching four minutes past seven, in fact. Uh, and it is Friday, the 24th of February, 2023. As always, we have a very packed program this morning uh, for the Breakfast Show. It means uh, uh, that uh, um, we have some um, uh, interesting uh, news uh, to cover, uh, as always. Um, the... Um, broadcast is an interactive broadcast. It means that all our listeners have the opportunity to join in any of the discussions that may be taking pla- place during the course of this broadcast. Uh, if you uh, want to join in, then please do uh, pick up the phone and dial 0208-687-7878 and you'll be put through uh, and share your thoughts with us. So alternatively, you can use a more modern method of uh, tweeting. Uh, our Twitter han- uh, handle is Voice of Islam UK. In a few minutes' time, we'll uh, begin with the rundown of the weather. But before that, we'll uh, uh, examine some of the news stories that are going uh, around uh, these days. We won't be spending too much time on each, but uh, uh, we will try and whittle through as many of them as possible during the first half half hour. Now, those familiar with uh, the show will know that we have two main topics that we uh, focus our attention on uh, every uh, morning at the breakfast show. This week, the uh, first of these is to do with our mood and how to improve this. Uh, It is uh, depression and the subject that we're discussing. And in particular, uh, we want to uh, look at uh, uh, this particular question. Want to feel less depressed? Try an act of kindness. That's the title of the subject, and we'll be exploring this topic with Professor Antonio Raffone, who is a professor of psychology at uh, Sapienza University of in, in Rome. So that's going to be something we'll be looking at between 7.30 and 8.15, if you are interested in this particular topic, then make sure that you remain tuned in uh, during that particular period. Uh, there will also be a clip or two that we will be sharing that's going to be relevant to the topic. Uh, and that is also going to be the case when we are looking at uh, the next topic, uh, which is going to be about, uh, well, linked to the scourge of alcohol. And now the refrain, according to some researchers, that uh, its use uh, should not be used as an excuse for bad behavior. So the title of this topic, the second of our main topics, we'll be looking at that around around 8.15. That's the title of that topic is Alcohol is No Excuse for Bad Behavior and uh, the science proves it. That's the title. Uh, So if you have any views on that, uh, please do call in and share them uh, uh, with us uh, during that slot. So that's going to be between 8.15 and 9 that we'll be covering this. And uh, just to uh, uh, let you know that uh, what uh, stimulated our interest in this in particular was what was covered in uh, two websites. One was uh, Feast Magazine, and the other was Runner's World website. I mean, these two websites were covering this particular story that uh, caught our eyes. So lots to do, lots to cover. And as always, we shall have a full review of the Islamic angle to all this uh, from our leading Imam, Imam Toki Tanvir. 
Uh, we'll also have the weather as well. Um, so let me just, uh, before I hand the microphone off uh, to Imam Tuki, let me just uh, cover the weather very quickly. Um, today the south will uh, see cloud and patchy rain during the morning, becoming drier later with sunny spells. The north will be breezy with uh, variable clouds, sunny spells and scattered light showers. This, by the way, is uh, the weather for today according to the BBC website and uh, it also says that tonight will become dry and clear for much of the western half of the UK, but eastern areas and the far north of Scotland will continue to see patchy low cloud and a few isolated light showers and it's going to be colder. Not very really nice, is it, Imant Tafir? Assalamualaikum. It's getting cold. It's, it's getting cold. Uh, you yes. remember a couple of years back we had the um, be, uh, the the what was it the the beast from the east, the beast oh, from the east. Oh yes, yes. And beast then from. and then what happened was I think the year after they had it again, and uh, they named it uh, uh, Beast from the East 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Yes, that, I do remember. Yeah. So um, obviously the circumstances are not like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank um, God, no. So. <laughs> but uh, but e- even at that time, it was still during the same period. It wasn't. It wasn't December time, but it was actually February, uh, March sort of period uh, where we okay. had the where we had the blizzard. Right. Um, I can't remember the month, but you're saying it was February, March. Yeah, I think I think it was around that time. So. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. But I hope there's no prospect of that this time round, is it? Yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, uh, mm, you don't sound so sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can be never too sure with British weather, you know. <laughs> yes. One of my mates used to say to me that um, on uh, in in UK, uh, he was from Canada, and he used to say to me, you know, I've seen it all in in the UK, you know, you can experience all four seasons in one day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so true, yes. It'll be, true. Ra- it'll be raining one minute, yeah. it'll be sunny the other, it'll be snowing the other minute, so it's mm. uh, you can never be too sure. No, you can never be too sure. That That's why the, the weather, weatherman has such a such a huge uh, job here yes. in the UK. <laughs> yes, a huge responsibility to get it right, yes. Um, but they're quite good these days, I think. Mm. Uh, anyway, what's happening uh, in uh, as far as the news is concerned? Yeah, so um, I, I think I'll start off with uh, with some of the news uh, with regards to the Amdiya Muslim community. There's something which we do cover on a weekly basis. Um, and just recently on the 12th of February, uh, the world head of the Amdiya Muslim community, the 5th Caliph, His Holiness Hazam Zamsur Ahmed, he held a virtual meeting with uh, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association and also the Ahmadiyya Muslim Children's Association from Finland. And His Holiness presided the meeting from empty studios in Islamabad, Tilford, uh, whilst the members they had joined virtually from Helsinki in Finland. And following a formal session, um, the, the members had the opportunity to ask His Holiness a range of questions regarding faith and contemporary issues. And one such member asked His Holiness how to control one's anger. It's a very important question. And His Holiness replied that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that if you feel angry, then sit down. And if you, if your anger persists, then lie down and wash your face with cool water. 
So when when you are angry, repent and drink cold water. And according to the saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sit down rather than being fiery and emotional so that your anger may subside. Other than that, where there are occasions where a person becomes cross at someone and their anger is justified. However, even then a person should not lose control of his senses. That anger, uh, which is justified, should only be exhibited for the sake of reforming someone and it should soon subside and should not be kept in one's heart and it should not be that it becomes a habit that you become irritated at even small things so that other people feel tense around you and want to avoid your company. I mean, it's a beautiful <coughs> answer of His Holiness. Mm. And I remember reading uh, the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, he writes about this as well, that obviously man has different emotions. For example, there is that uh, notion of feeling jealous. But then the opposite of that is having envy. Uh-huh. You know, at, at one, if you feel jealous of someone, that is a wrong thing. But then that same sort of uh, notion, if you envy someone, that is something good because you know you have good intentions and you mm. want to achieve achieve that level. And similarly, even you know, so Allah Taala, He has, or God Almighty, He has given us different capabilities. You know, obviously, everyone gets angry. Everyone. Uh, it has different emotions So God Almighty says that Use them in the right manner uh, Rather than If someone was to feel jealous mm. you know, God Almighty says that, that That is very wrong As you know You would have malice in your heart But rather than that Have uh, envied the person You know if, you, if there is something that you like in spirituality Then look to the person who has excelled you And this is what the Holy Prophet Peace be upon him Said that Um Look to the person who has increased you in spir- spirituality uh, when it comes to the matters of spirituality and when it comes to your wealth. Uh, you know, you should look at uh, those individuals who have less than you, and uh, this way, uh, you know, you will be more grateful towards God Almighty. So, it's this again is a very important topic. Another attendee asked His Holiness when the prosecution against the MDA Muslim community will end. And His Holiness said that the prosecution will end when your prayer uh, reaches the highest of highest. So first assess yourself to what degree have you established a relationship with Allah the Almighty. Um, We make many slogans and sing poems of devotion, but are we fulfilling the rights of Allah and His worship? Are we fully acting upon the teachings of the Holy Quran that seek to better our morals and are we fervently weeping and praying to Allah the Almighty for us to be elevated of the persecution and the injustice so it depends upon us too and His Holiness further said that other than that sometimes trials can be prolonged and I have mentioned before that I once prayed to Allah asking when he when we will become free from persecution and I was told that Allah the Almighty that if for three days the entire community, every child, adult, youth cries and beseeches Allah, like the people of Jonah, peace be upon him, then this can be resolved within three days. This means it depends upon us. Ultimately, if it, if the persecution will be overcome through prayers, 
and he his holiness continued that the holy prophet peace be upon him prayed ardently to allah the almighty but despite that he sa- he suffered injustices for 13 years in mecca even in in medina there were hardships and injustices however gradually the situation eventually became better for muslims so it depends upon us how frequent uh, are we in our prayers and how strong are we in our relationship with allah the almighty regardless it is the destiny of allah the almighty that a time is set for us to be freed of the persecution at it will certainly come to pass and can take time the people of moses disbelieved in him and so for 40 years his people suffered the consequences but we have not disbelieved and many amongst us in parts of our community are very pious and are those who pray frequently and who are willing to make every sacrifice so it's a it's a very beautiful answer that uh, Uh, his holiness has given mm. uh, that you know at, at times of hardship and persecution you know you should submit to allah the almighty and mm-hmm. his holiness said that you know god almighty had uh, informed him that if the whole community every child every every person of the community was to fervently pray mm. towards this then uh, you know allah the almighty he will remove the suffering Mm-hmm. um so a very very powerful answer is only nasas given so if you do want to uh read more on this you can go on pressmedia.com um also you can go on mta news um and on that uh you will see weekly uh weekly news snippets um of uh, of these virtual sittings is holiness has with the amdi muslim community uh, members of the amdi muslim around the world so thank you for that Okay, now very very interesting uh, and um, very sobering in many respects. Um, particularly, the message that His Holiness has given to members of the community about patience and prayer. If we are going to extricate ourselves from the persecution that we are suffering, um, as far as uh, <coughs> what's uh, taking place in um, the uh, wider community. Um, There were major speeches by world leaders earlier this week. Um, one was from uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, the R- Russian president, on his address in Moscow, and the second was by President uh, of the United States, Joe Biden, who uh, spoke in Kiev uh, or Kiev, and then uh, in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, these were important speeches in the context of the current uh, conflict in Ukraine. Uh, that is uh, one that is threatening to bring the two nations into direct blows with each other and uh, the resultant prospect of uh, nuclear war uh, president putin in his speech blamed the war on the west and its continued encroachment towards its borders by the west uh, with the expansion of nato president biden on the other hand condemned the invasion by russia of a sovereign country and pledged to support the victim country and democracy as long as it takes uh, both indicated that there is still uh, a long way to go before the conflict is to be resolved and what makes the future prospects more precarious is the suspension of uh, by Russia one of the long range nuclear non-proliferation treaties the new start nuclear arms treaty now this uh, was the deal signed originally in 2010 and it limited the number of uh, US and Russian nuclear warheads 
and gave each the power to inspect the other's weapons. So that uh, is being suspended uh, unilaterally by Russia. Um, and that's, uh, as I said, is cause for concern. Uh, the conflict is one that is causing uh, much economic difficulties uh, to both Russia and the West. Uh, fuel prices are rocketing here in the West and recessions uh, are uh, on the cards. Uh, uh, there is um, uh, certainly uh, a need for a peaceful resolution. Uh, China is trying to broker one, so it's said. Uh, but judging from the response uh, in Western capitals as to its initiative, uh, it doesn't look like that uh, it's uh, going to be easy. So let's hope and pray that whatever happens, peace can be achieved soon. The alternative and that of the possibility of this conflict descending into a nuclear war is too awesome to, to contemplate. So that's uh, a bit serious um, I suppose less serious uh, is uh, this story about uh, vegetables and scarcity of vegetables. Um, with the financial crisis and the hard times we're going through these days, uh, there seems to be yet another uh, crisis that's looming. It's about the scarcity of vegetables. Now, if you don't like vegetables, I, I don't, Imam Tukhi, I don't like vegetables <laughs> at all, all right? But, but if, you don't, if you don't like vegetables, then there's no problem at all. Uh, you know, it's neither here nor there. But if you like ve- so, vegetables... So I'm <laughs> guessing you don't tell your children then to always eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's difficult, isn't it, uh, um, to tell them... Uh, what is it? Um, say as I no, do as I say, not as I do. So it's very difficult to tell them. Yeah. In fact, I don't tell them to hang <laughs> on to eat vegetables. Um, but um, uh, what is happening is that uh, uh, supermarkets, uh, Tesco in particular, uh, has introduced limits on the sales of of vegetables, uh, and that's because uh, there's a shortage of uh, fresh produce. And uh, similar moves um, have been t- uh, enacted by Aldi, Asda, and Morrison's, and other supermarkets also uh, said to be resorting to something similar. And this is due apparently that um, uh, there's some extreme weather in Spain and North Africa. We're talking about the uh, what was it the uh, the big the uh, the beast from the east. Well, there's something similar, but mm. uh, of a different nature, that is uh, affecting uh, nations in North Africa and in Spain, and it's affected harvests. Uh, so that's what the UK government is saying. Uh, a significant proportion of uh, vegetable consumed by the UK at this time of the year comes from those regions. Those regions uh, that are affected by this uh, strange weather. Uh, Tesco, Britain's largest grocer, said it was introducing limits as a precautionary measure to ensure customers could get the produce they they, they needed. And Tesco is putting limits of three per uh, customer on sales of tomatoes, peppers and cucumbers. Uh, Sainsbury, Little Waitrose and M&S have not announced uh, any such limits so far. So that's uh, news as far as vegetables is concerned. I don't know how people eat vegetables, really. It's, uh, um, they're so, they're so bland, or they're, they're tasteless, but I suppose uh, it's an acquired taste, maybe. I mean, it, it depends, really, what you have mm-hmm. them with. I'm sure you like uh, okra. Oh, no, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> not particularly. 
Um, and I can't stand... Uh, uh, well, there's one particular vegetable I can't stand, but it'll come to me. You know, old age is uh, one, of the, uh, one of the symptoms of old age. You tend to forget uh, certain things. And mm. I, I remember this particular vegetable very well. Mm. And uh, my grandchildren eat uh, uh, vegetables. You no, know, they enjoy it. I'm yeah. very surprised. I tell uh, their parents off for uh, a cruelty to children, <laughs> but they love it, you know. But anyway, um, so that's vegetables. Um, I remember the vegetable I dislike, but maybe my one of my relatives who's listening can call in and let me know. But everybody knows I dislike that particular vegetable. Broccoli, I just remember. <laughs> You partial to broccoli? I actually had broccoli uh, just uh, two days ago. I really enjoyed oh, it. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you recovered. <laughs> anyway, so let's look at... Uh, but it's it's healthy. Let me just mention, uh, in case uh, people get the wrong idea, it's healthy to eat vegetables. In fact, I, I do go and buy salad mm. quite often. Uh, um, but very often I don't eat it either. So um, that's not a good thing. Um, but anyway, let's move on. And uh, I just want to say, just mention something. Uh, oh, um, okra, ladyfingers. Uh, KB has just uh, uh, <laughs> mentioned, so somebody's listening. Thank you very much. Um, yes, heat pumps save energy. Heat pumps are apparently a good way of saving energy, and the government has encouraged households to adopt these with a boiler upgrade scheme, offering £5,000 to replace gas boilers with heat pumps. The scheme, however, unfortunately, uh, has come in for heavy criticism because the take-up has been very low. And a House of Lords report on the matter has stated as much. And the boiler upgrade uh, scheme was launched in uh, April 22, just a year ago, under a year ago, to help reduce the cost of more environmentally friendly heating systems. Grants are available to existing homes and non-domestic buildings in England and Wales and can be used uh, for air source heat pumps, ground source heat pumps, water source heat pumps, biomass boilers. Uh, and uh, the property must have uh, an eligible and energy performance certificate issued in the last 10 years with no outstanding recommendations to install lofty, sorry, to install loft or cavity wall insulation. Uh, the key, the, it, if that has not been recommended, you need to insulate your home first or do it as part of the application process. Now, there was one other story that I wanted to uh, share. Um, and this is um, regarding um, uh, new discoveries uh, that force a revision of current knowledge. So this was um, regarding what the James Webb Telescope is bringing in in terms of pictures. Uh, there are six massive ancient galaxies uh, have been discovered, which astronomers are calling universe, universe breakers. And they appear to have uh, been uh, discovered, which, uh, and their discovery is one that upends uh, existing theories of cosmology. And the galaxies detected by the uh, James Webb, uh, Webb Telescope are believed to date back to within around 600 million years of the Big Bang while the year-old telescope has spotted older galaxies dating to within 300 million years 
of the beginning of the universe. The size and maturity of the mega galaxies have stunned scientists. Astronomers thought that they had made a mistake at first when they spotted these uh, big galaxies, but then they, they found that, in fact, uh, what they are seeing, it is credible. And lead researcher Ivo Lab from uh, Australia's Swinburne University of Technology said, while most galaxies in this era are still small and only gradually growing larger over time, there are a few monsters that fast-track to maturity. Why this is uh, the case or how this would work is unknown. We are mind-blown, kind of incredulous. Uh, and the six uh, galaxies appear to weigh billions of times more than our sun. Uh, this is according to scientists who published their results in journal Nature. It just goes to show that we may think that we are in an era where we appear to know it all or know most of what is around us, but we don't. We keep on discussing, we keep on dis discovering more and more, and we keep on discovering such matters that are completely at odds with what we used to think before we uh, discovered something new. So it shows the, um, the uh, what is it, uh, the vulnerability of human beings, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, you were mentioning uh, vegetables. There's a shortage of vegetables. There's, there's not the news mm. uh, which show that through figures that uh, the prices have been increasing of certain essential items. Yes. And uh, they've said, for example, pasta price is mm. uh, double to 95p um, as, you know, these uh, prices have increased. Um, and the findings show that a standard 500 grams of pasta, um, this was 50p uh, two years ago, but now uh, now uh, you'll get it for 95p. And the findings show that they've been tracking the cost of small basket of 15 everyday essentials and the total has gone up by £5.34 from mm. £5.34 to £15.79 in 2021. Five, and now £5.34 to £15? To £15.79, yeah, yeah. That's three times. Yeah, three times, yeah. Mm. And and now in 2023, that's gone up again to £21.00. And thirteen pence, so you can see this. Mm. You can see the increase. Amazing, and, yeah. And uh, they they're saying that official figures suggest that overall, uh, UK inflation may have peaked to at eleven point one percent in October, but the rate of uh, food prices uh, rise is still running at sixteen point seven percent, and changes in the average cost of fifteen. Food items in January at Asda, Tesco, Morrison and Sainsbury's were tracked by retail research firm Associa and the items are a mix of everyday essentials from oven chips and strawberry jam to pasta sauce and potatoes and they were chosen um, so we could compare some of the most popular items across the value and standard ranges. Uh, so some of the, like for example, I mentioned pasta has gone up to 95p. Strawberry jam, if that was 73p in 2021. Now it's gone up to £1.15. Oven chips, if you were buying it for £1.24 in 2021, now that's gone up to um, £1.80. Uh, so inflation is on the rise mm, um, mm. that's that's what it shows that yeah. is and is and it's still going it's still increasing mm -hmm. 
And it's, it's hitting the poor the most because they have the least to spare. And um, especially passing through this uh, cold weather mm. with the way that fuel prices are going up. Um, many are having to choose between eating or heating. Yeah. And um, it's I, not a good state of affairs. I mean, I, I pers- not personally, but uh, you know, sometimes you, you can see a few videos or documentaries of uh, certain people, um, especially living in the north, I've seen that a lot of them have made, have had to make that hard choice that you know they're going to go through the winter maybe mm. uh, without turning the heating on, mm. or and uh, it's just wearing extra layer of clothing. Uh, yeah, wearing yeah. extra. It's just very yeah. um, heartbreaking to see that actually mm. Um, mm. that uh, such situation has gone to that extent. Yes, uh, very sad. Anyway, well, let's hope things improve. Um, Let's move on now because uh, it's time. Uh, we uh, the time is seven thirty-one. It's approaching seven thirty-two now, so it's uh, time therefore that we should be addressing the first of our main stories, and this is about um, uh, depression. If you want to feel less depressed, uh, try an act of kindness. So something that we picked up from a couple of. Uh, websites. One was uh, vice.com and the other one was uh, SciTech Daily. So these are the uh, websites uh, that uh, caught our eye where this particular item is uh, featured. It says, and uh, the gist of the story is that um, new research shows that people struggling with anxiety and depression can make themselves feel better by making others feel better. Uh, the study led by researchers from the Ohio State University and published in the Journal of Positive Psychology found that performing acts of kindness helps people alleviate symptoms of anxiety and depression. According to their report, acts of kindness are more effective than some established cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT in other words, uh, and it's uh, uh, more effective in uh, boosting mental well-being. One important measure of mental well-being is social connection, or what the study defined as an internal sense of belonging and interpersonal closeness with other individuals and groups. Uh, social connection is impaired in uh, people who struggle with anxiety uh, or depression, while CBT approaches uh, like attending social gatherings and recording and analyzing thoughts can help with symptoms of anxiety and depression, like feelings of sadness, irritability, and guilt, the researchers said that they are inadequate at improving social connectedness. Uh, Doing uh, acts of kindness, on the other hand, is a promising candidate for improving social connection and related dimensions of well-being. Past studies have demonstrated uh, that, well, have demonstrated this, but few have focused on the effects of acts of kindness on people who struggle with anxiety and depression. The researchers recruited 122 adults with elevated symptoms of anxiety, depression, or both, and randomly assigned each of these participants to one of three groups. Each group was asked to perform one of three activities for five weeks. Uh, One group was uh, instructed to plan social activities for two days out of each week. Social activities were defined as big, 
uh, or, or small activities you intentionally plan with other people for the purpose of enjoyment. Another group was instructed to complete thought records for at least two days each week. Psychologists used uh, thought records to help people identify, evaluate, and modify negative thought patterns. Both planning uh, social activities and completing uh, through records are techniques used in CBT to help anxiety and depression. Now, the third group was instructed to perform three acts of kindness each day for two days out of each week. Uh, which the researchers defined as big or small acts that benefit others or make others happy, typically at some cost to yourself in terms of time or resources. Participants could choose what acts of kindness to perform and reportedly did things like offer people rides, bake cookies and write thoughtful notes. At the end of the five weeks, researchers evaluated the participants' mel- uh, mental well-being by measuring their self-assessment of uh, symptoms of anxiety and depression, satisfaction with life, and of feelings of social connectedness. On average, all three groups showed improvements in the first two measures. They also maintained these improvements five weeks after they stopped performing their assigned activities. These results are encouraging, so this is one of the researchers saying, that these uh, results are encouraging as they suggest that all three study interventions are effective at reducing distress and improving life satisfactions. And uh, the researchers also said the fact that both uh, uh, records, thought records, and social activities showed a significant improvement on these outcomes suggests they were rigorous comparisons of acts of kindness. That is, it was not the case that acts of kindness were being contrasted with inert study conditions or conditions that resulted in worse mental health. So that was uh, the uh, initial conclusions. And then the group tasked with performing acts of kindness showed the most improvement in all three measures and only this group showed significant improvements in social connectedness, which researchers noted CBT techniques may not adequately address. According to researchers, this may be because performing acts of kindness help people take their minds off their own anxiety and depression. Uh, feelings of anxiety and depression uh, may become so constant and overwhelming that people uh, who struggle with them become preoccupied with that struggle. Some may also think that asking people with anxiety and depression to care about the well-being of others is asking too much since they have their own well-being to consider. Um, and there is uh, an Islamic perspective of that, uh, but that will be delivered by uh, Imam Tokit Tanweer uh, soon. And we do have also, hopefully, um, somebody coming uh, onto the show, uh, uh, expert to uh, lend us uh, their expertise on this and uh, to clarify and perhaps better understand this topic. I mean, I mean, uh, it's, it's great uh, research or great finding uh, actually that uh, you know people who are going through depression or they are going through some sort of stress, you know, acts of kindness or helping. Um, other people, uh, it, it brings joy to to us, and it, it, this itself goes in line with what Islam says. 
um, and how we can attain happiness or how we can attain that inner happiness. Um, but we obviously will we'll go more into the detail of what does Islam say uh, and how can one attain that inner happiness. Uh, but uh, I will pass the mic on to you, Brother Valid, because I do believe we have our first guests on. So if you can uh, please introduce them. Certainly. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's Professor Antonio Rapone. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Have I pronounced your surname correctly, sir? Yes, you did. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Very appreciated uh, to to have this opportunity of this uh, interview. And congratulations for your uh, radio and program. Oh, very. thank you very much. It's uh, great to have you on the show. Um, so let's begin. You know, uh, tell me, you know, uh, for the benefit of listeners, um, a bit about your research on the cognitive neuroscience of consciousness and mindful mindfulness meditation and their implications for psychological well-being. Yes, uh, so thanks for the interest. Uh, so in, uh, with our laboratory at uh, Sapienza University of Rome, uh, uh, we have been uh, performing research uh, to understand more about uh, uh, the, uh, actually, uh, the brain. The brain uh, correlates uh, of uh, becoming aware, becoming aware of uh, uh, actually what is outside there in the visual world, but also what is inside in our inner world through the practice of mindfulness uh, meditation. So really having uh, um, uh, to be attentive also to our emotions, to our inner world, uh, our feelings uh, in the present moment, and this is related uh, to to mindfulness, uh, so to this uh, awareness of the present uh, moment. And uh, we have investigated uh, also uh, through brain scans, uh, e.g., um, the uh, actual uh, um, uh, with the participation of uh, uh, Buddhist monks, in particular, uh, in uh, very kind uh, Theravada. Buddhist monks, but also studied what is the effect on psychological well-being of uh, mindfulness-based uh, interventions such as uh, uh, mindfulness-based stress uh, reduction. One of our lights was also to study about uh, pain, so how actually meditating on uh, uh, becoming more aware in the present moment and becoming more kind through the loving kindness could uh, actually help in uh, relieving uh, pain that one can experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why do you think then kindness is important in psychology? Oh wow, so from one side it's important to become more aware, to become more mindful of uh, uh, ourselves, our body, our mind, and on the other side it's also important to work on our attitude, so becoming more acceptant becoming more uh, actually kind, becoming more compassionate. And this is very clear from uh, several contemplative uh, traditions, uh, these uh, universal uh, attitudes, uh, positive attitudes, such as uh, kindness uh, uh, in uh, really bringing these positive qualities in our in our experience, actually. And uh, uh, there are several studies actually highlighting the benefits for psychological well-being of uh, being kind. And what is important is um, to, important to become kind with uh, oneself and kind with others. Uh, to, to have this, uh, this is very important to support uh, the emotional, emotional balance. Mm. 
But what's the what's the physiological um, impact of kindness to others? One can kindness to yourself, you would understand, will give you a feeling of well-being. But why kindness to others should give you that same same effect? Yes, it's a very interesting question. In a sense, uh, in uh, um, the the idea of uh, um, we have a very important uh, uh, motivational system, which is the caregiving, caregiving system, or it's also called the soothing uh, system, uh, uh, which uh, is very, very important uh, for, uh, if you like, uh, uh, from one side, emotional balance, but also for connecting to others, for uh, uh, affili- affiliation, and we are social, social beings. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense, uh, um, being kind to uh, ourselves and being kind to others is uh, uh, are interdependent, and this uh, is very well reflected in uh, uh, contemplative uh, uh, tradition, contemplative practices. For example, there are some uh, uh, interventions which are based uh, on the so-called loving kindness meditation, which uh, actually uh, work uh, on uh, the caregiving, caregiving system also modulating some uh, physiological response like oxytocin, uh, a hormone, a neuropeptide which is uh, uh, related also to well-being and uh, uh, is actually um, related to feelings uh, of ease, uh, feeling uh, also of love in a sense. Um, So it's really like uh, our mind-brain-body system that becomes uh, in a more uh, healthy, in a more uh, balanced state in, uh, by the practice of kindness toward uh, others and toward uh, ourselves. Hmm. So would you say then, then kindness to others then helps us support our sense of well-being? Absolutely. This is very important. And uh, this, uh, uh, this has been observed uh, by several studies uh, with reference to kindness, but also uh, related uh, mind states such as compassion becoming more compassionate, uh, for example, to others, uh, um, there several effects on psychological well-being uh, and uh, uh, physiological responses uh, are uh, observed. And uh, uh, this is very, very important, uh, this uh, sense uh, of uh, um, actually, uh, from one side, uh, improving our sense of well-being, and from the other, uh, improving our relationships, actually. Mm, mm. I've got my colleague here with me as well, and he's also interested in asking you a few questions. Is that okay with you? Excuse me? Um, uh, my colleague would like to ask uh, a couple of questions as well. Is that all right oh, please, with you? Please, very yeah, welcome, very welcome. Uh, good morning, Professor Antonino. How, how are you doing? Fine, fine. Happy to be here, and uh, so uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I I wanted to ask you, how does mindfulness help with the kindness? Oh, it's interesting because the two go very well together. From one side, becoming more aware in the present moment, which really attunes ourselves, attunes to really to our feelings, to our emotions, to our interconnection with the others. And uh, on the other end, we really work uh, with uh, this sense of the positive qualities. You can say also warmth, becoming warm in our presence, in uh, 
And uh, in a sense, uh, uh, it's very in, con in contemplative science and recent developments in contemplative science, there is really this uh, highlight from one side uh, uh, to, to show the benefits of mindfulness practices. From the other side, really, of, uh, the benefits of this attitude of warmth, this attitude uh, of uh, actually um, attunement to others, and to the interconnection with uh, others. Uh, and we know that uh, when we feel this sense of isolation, psychological isolation, or when we have this sense of uh, being uh, uh, unkind or having even aversion toward ourselves and others, that uh, uh, actually unhealthy uh, mind state can arise. So really, mindfulness and kindness together form a very powerful coalition that help us really to to really rebalance ourselves, our mind, and our body with the distress of everyday life. Thank you, thank you for that. That's very interesting. I actually had another question uh, just here when we are talking Please. about acts of kindness. You know, for example, if we look at maybe. Uh, other other emotions for example someone uh, who expresses anger or maybe he mm. likes to bully people or he likes to show his mm. anger uh, quite often what we see is that you know if, if someone does show such signs uh, they tend to enjoy it and they tend to continuously do that over and over mm. a period uh, with in terms of kindness, you're saying that you know it makes people good about themselves. But then, when we look at the other side of the coin, and mm. if there is, let's say, for example, a bully, and they continue mm. showing such behaviors, why is the reason for that? Do do we ha do we know from a psychological point of view that why mm. then from the other side of the spectrum they will continue? these people would continue with their abusive behavior and they will continue to hurt other people. What's the, what's the findings on that? Oh, we, we could say that probably uh, underlying these behaviors, there is uh, obviously a level of suffering. These, these persons are suffering themselves mm. and they are, have difficulties also to be uh, aware even of what is happening in their uh, mind, in their body. So, in a sense, what is uh, uh, important uh, is uh, really to um, make uh, a training. Uh, it's really a mental training, uh, uh, which can be based on some meditation exercises, like mindfulness meditation, or uh, uh, this could be a very good starting point. Uh, I have been involved also in programs in Italy to bring um, meditation practices, uh, mindfulness meditation practices in prison context. Uh, and uh, obviously the underlying idea is that everyone uh, can benefit from these practices. So it's really the idea to have, uh, uh, from one side, we can have uh, some uh, uh, emotions, mental states like uh, uh, anger uh, and uh, uh, aversion mm. uh, and people. Uh, Really, and on the other side, uh, this, uh, through this mental training, uh, some uh, healthy mental states can be actually uh, increased, enhanced, like uh, those related to becoming more mindful, more aware, more acceptance, more kind, more, uh, um, in a sense, develop more understanding, uh, insight about the own mechanisms no? that bring this kind of reactivity over and over, no? 
So it's really uh, replacing more and more these uh, unhealthy uh, um, uh, coalitions of uh, anger, uh, uh, lack of understanding, uh, uh, lack of awareness with uh, a cocktail of healthy mental states and emotions such as mindfulness, uh, kindness, uh, and what we see in this case, and several studies show this, uh, is that um, people become uh, uh, less distressed and they develop uh, more uh, actually uh, happiness in their life. Great, thank you so much for that. And also, Professor, are happy people kinder than unhappy people? And indeed, uh, you can say that uh, um, it's really, a, a, I would say, a um, positive upward spiral. So we, uh, through the mental training, uh, through mindfulness, kindness, compassion, what happens is that uh, from, let's say, a vicious circle uh, or a, a downward spiral of, uh, let's say, anger, suffering, uh, uh, aggression, uh, uh, um, lack of uh, uh, attention to others, uh, we replace this with uh, a um, actually upward positive healthy spiral in which there is kindness increases happiness and happiness increases kindness. No, they go together in a sense. When uh, there is this sense of becoming more at ease, more open, actually more warm with uh, uh, w- oneself and others, really this increases also a sense of uh, feeling less distressed and then feeling more happy and then there is uh, more opening and then more kindness comes, you know, it's a kind of really of uh, a different synergy of uh, emotions and uh, mental state. Absolutely. Those very interesting findings because, uh, you know, even from a religious perspective, even religion uh, teaches that, you know, we should be kind to others, we should be helpful uh, to others. So very interesting. Just one last question from my side, uh, Professor, and then Please. I'll hand the mic over to uh, Brother Valid. Can people become happier by introducing a counting kindness prevention? Oh, uh, there is a, an interesting study, actually, in uh, uh, which I'm aware on uh, happy people become happier through kindness, uh, counting, counting kindness as intervention that actually was performed in Japan also with the participation of uh, Barbara Fredrickson, a very important uh, researcher in the field of positive psychology, showing really that uh, through um, uh, counting uh, the uh, uh, actually uh, um, Kindness episodes of a day, just during a day, actually uh, was actually supportive of uh, a more positive uh, feelings and uh, uh, more happiness. Actually, so um, in practice, actually, the idea is that if we bring our awareness uh, or when. Uh, we are happy during the day and maybe count, uh, recollect about uh, these episodes, this helps, uh, that brings uh, a more uh, positive uh, mood, if you like. Uh, and uh, um, actually, uh, this was observed in this study. Thank you. Uh, professor, um, in recent decades, we're becoming more aware uh, of uh, people, of depression in people. Uh, which may be because there is a high, higher incidence of depression. Do you think that is because 
uh, in Western and affluent countries, it is uh, because people are less kind? Oh, I would say it's a very good, uh, very good point. I would say <laughs> maybe this could be related. Uh, yeah, I would answer yes. I would answer yes. Uh, mm. And uh, then we can change these, uh, I think, uh, really through the um, actual uh, encouragement to become more kind and compassionate to uh, uh, one, to ourselves and to others together. <laughs> yes, I think that's a, that's a good message to uh, uh, to bring this uh, interview to a close. We would love to have talk, uh, spoken to you uh, more, uh, Professor, but it was lovely to Thank have you. Thank you. Thanks to you. Thanks you to you. Uh, thank to you. Uh, were you familiar with the voice of Islam radio station before we called you, or is something that you've just been introduced to? No, I've been introduced to you, and I'm immediately uh, become uh, very appreciative of it. Oh, I have to say, good. it's very, very, uh, very, very, I think, uh, inspiring uh, uh, initiative. Excellent. Thank you very much for you're a fan. So thanks for that plug. All right. I hope other listeners will also take out on board. Thank you very all much indeed. All Thank you very much indeed, and I hope you, and I, I hope all the best for for you in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. Imam Tukir, anything to say from the Islamic angle? Or? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, as I was mentioning to the professor as well, that you know this is something which uh, Islam emphasizes as well. That uh, um, you know we should have uh, we should adopt uh, kinds of actness as well within the society, not just, uh, you know, I mean, focusing on oneself, but also within the society, you know, we have a duty to look after one another. Um, and, I mean, if we look at other religions, for example, ancient Indian religions such as Buddhism, Jainism, they focus a lot on uh, celibacy. And the, one of the one of the aspects which they say is that to... To get rid of suffering, um, to get rid of suffering, one must. Uh, it is through the material bond that is the reason for suffering, and to get rid of this, um, it will lead to mental calmness. So, in other words, uh, to adopt celibacy, uh, one will attain um, that uh, mental calmness. Um, however, isolation from society it does not serve the cause of religion um, as we know that serving humanity is a huge factor um, in in religion especially within Islam it, it lays a huge role in serving your humanity um, and maybe through isolation you know one can save himself from others pain or others um, bad habits or even one person can restrain oneself from causing pain to others. Um, however, serving humanity is is more than that. And if one was to practically adopt isolation and to completely seclude himself from the from the society, it would lead one towards more stress and more anxiety. So this is something which cannot be adopted. Um, and uh, Islam teaches that uh, we should remember Allah the Almighty as it mentions in uh, Surah Rad in chapter 13 verse 29 that A, it is the remembrance of Allah that hearts can find comfort. So 
first and foremost uh, is that uh, you know in whatever hardship you have you should turn towards God Almighty and uh, God Almighty will then elevate that pain from you ultimately and this is this is what Islam teaches um, and and this verse Allah be zikrullahi it is quite often if you go to the mosque uh, especially within the mosques of the MD Muslim community this verse is written on the dome um, and uh, it's a very beautiful verse um, and it highlights that uh, our focus especially when it comes to prayer should be towards God Almighty um, and this is a huge factor within within Islam that uh, that one should give due rights towards God Almighty and the next aspect of this all uh, we'll look into it is looking at the life of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him for guidance um, what he did within his life um, and how we can adopt such uh, such acts uh, that will help us within our life so uh, that I will mention after the 8 o'clock news as we are uh, reaching the 8 o'clock news so we will be looking more into the Islamic perspective of it um, and after that we will be going into our second segment and uh, we'll also be looking at alcohol all is no excuse for bad behavior and the science proves it so this is something which we will we will be looking at uh, but now we're just going into the news you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Peace be upon you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show of the Voice of Islam with uh, uh, Imam Zakir Tanvir and myself, uh, Walid Ahmed. The time is approaching four minutes past eight. It's Friday, the 24th of February, 2023. Before the break, we were discussing this uh, topic about uh, depression, how we can stave off depression if we uh, are uh, more kind, more kind to others. Uh, and looking at uh, the religious aspect uh, with Imam Tawqeed and Weir, and uh, particularly the Islamic aspect to all this. So we do have a clip as well that we'll be sharing uh, in due course. Yes, yeah, so um, we're just continuing from, from that, and uh, we were looking at the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, and the acts of kindness that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, performed. And... You know, whatever aspect of life we look at, or whichever dimension of life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, we try to explore, we find strength and nobility of character and serenity of inner calm, which comes with communion with God in the fullest sense, and nobility, generosity, magnanimity of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, shows itself most of all in in. Uh, charity and kindness to all men and more generally to all beings and there was no narrowness or pitiness in the soul of the holy prophet peace be upon him and no limitation in giving himself of himself to others his blessed life is full of examples that have kept generations of muslims inspired and even regarding the holy prophet peace be upon him um God Almighty referring to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him uh, it say, referring to him he says that it refers to him as Rahmatullah mean that mercy for the entire universe and this is mentioned in chapter 21 verse 108 where it says in the Holy Quran in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful and we have sent thee not but as a blessing 
as a mercy for the entire universe, for all people. And secondly, it mentions in chapter 33, verse 22, that verily you have in the Prophet of Allah an excellent model. So th- this is something uh, we see regarding the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that he was a, a, a mercy, a blessing for the entire universe, for all people. So we, we should adopt his character and listen to what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, at once, he said that one who is not grateful to mankind is not grateful to to Allah the Almighty. So this is a very important saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that uh, you know, if a person who is grand, uh, grateful to others, it shows that uh, you know this person is also grateful to to Allah the Almighty as well. Because if if one says that you know he is only, he is grateful to Allah the Almighty, but at the same time within the society you know he's he's not grateful in any way, then uh, you know then that person is contradicting this uh, saying of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. Uh, also, if we look at other narrations uh, with regards to acts of kindness um, and also. Um, how the prophet was peace be upon him he he said that at one place that every act of charity every act of goodness is charity um and at another place he said that give charity without delay for it stands in the way of the calamity and at an in another narration uh, this recorded from bukhari and muslim the holy prophet peace be upon him he said that only two persons are worth Worthy of being envied, a person upon whom Allah bestows riches and gives him the power to spend in a righteous cause. And a person whom Allah bestows wisdom by which he judges and he teaches. So in this verse, in this saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, we see that uh, there are two people who are envied. One who Allah the Almighty, he has given that person wealth. And through that wealth, he... He uses that wealth in the course of Allah the Almighty, for example, charity. So that person should be envied. And the second person which should be envied uh, is that a person who has been granted wisdom and knowledge and he uses that amongst people and he judges and also he teaches others. So these are the two people who are envied in the sight of Allah the Almighty and Note that in both aspect, uh, you know, the person he's giving back to the community, he's not the what he's accomplished, what uh, the the blessings that God Almighty has given him, he hasn't just kept it to himself and that's it. Rather, he has helped within the society, and this is this is what uh, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him is referring to. That if uh, this is is if a person adopts this then he will be envied and he will be he will be um he will attain that nearness to Allah the Almighty um a at another place um and this is from the writings of the promised messiah peace be upon him and the founder of the Amdi Muslim community and he himself emphasizes the fact uh, how important it is to serve humanity. The promised Messiah, peace be upon him, at one place, he says that my purpose, yearning, and heartfelt desire 
is to serve humanity and this is my job my faith my inspiration and my way so a very beautiful quote of the of the of the promised messiah peace be upon him and at another place um we see within this quote the you know the the compassion the 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 founder of the muslim community had in serving others in helping one another and he said and i quote that the principle to which we adhere is that we have kindness at heart for the whole of mankind and if anyone sees the house of a hindu neighbor on fire and does not come forward to extinguish the fire most truly i declare that he does not belong to me and if any one of my followers having seen someone attempting to murder a christian does not endure to save him i most certainly declare that he does not belong to us and i remember reading another quote of the early of the promised messiah peace be upon him where he says that even you know if one is in the state of prayer and uh, he sees his neighbor is in in help and and you know the the neighbor is crying for help or his neighbor's house is on fire then the promised messiah peace be upon him says that at that occasion you know you should break your prayer and then you should go help that person as that is the that is the better thing to do at that stage um and here even here it's very powerful that the, the promised messiah peace be upon him he says that if we if uh, if we do not help a brother uh even though they might not be they they may be a person of other faith then we should help them and if if we do not then he strictly says that he does not belong to to my community so a very powerful quote and uh, i think i'll just end this um particular segment with the writings of the second caliph of the um, the muslim community azam zabashiruddin mahmud ahmed um may allah the almighty uh be pleased with him the second caliph of the amdi muslim community he writes and one plays that be kind and merciful to humanity for all his creatures and do not oppress them with your tongue or hand or in any other way and always work for the good of mankind and never unduly assert yourself with pride over others even those who are placed under you and never use abusive language for anyone even though he abuses you and be humble in spirit and kind and gentle and forgiving sympathetic towards all and wishing them well so that you should be accepted there are many who pretend to be kind gentle and forgiving but inside they are wolves there are many on the outside who are who look pure but in their hearts they are serpents you cannot be accepted in the presence of the lord unless you are pure both on the outside and inside so a very uh, beautiful and very powerful quote of the second caliph of the amdi muslim community and uh, with that we we can close this segment um yes um we certainly can but um, i did promise a clip that i was going to share um so this is uh, we were talking really uh, about uh, depression and uh, this is a clip uh, of his holiness um mentioning as to how we uh, can deal with depression my question is depression and anxiety are becoming very common these days 
Hazur, can you please provide guidance regarding this matter and what is your view about mental health? It is because uh, we, have, we are involved too much in uh, materialistic things. The, the preference order of our desires and our wishes has changed. And instead of seeking Allah's love and Allah's closeness, we are running after worldly things. Hmm? This is the main cause of it. And uh, when your desires are not fulfilled, you cannot uh, get whatever you want, then you become frustrated. And then that frustration leads to anxiety. So this is what Allah Ta'ala has said in the Holy Quran, Allah bizikrillah that remembrance of Allah is the best way for the satisfaction of your heart. Right? So if you remember Allah, whenever you have any problem, you bow before Allah, you offer your five daily prayers fervently, sincerely, then Allah will give comfort and satisfy your heart, right? And resultantly, you will feel comfortable and better. And uh, most of the patients nowadays who are having uh, this anxiety problem are because they are too much inclined towards worldly things. So, if you try to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, then at least 80% of your anxiety will finish. Okay? So, you are lucky that Allah Ta'ala has given you the chance to be the member of that community who is following the the reformer of the age, the promised Messiah, whose advent was foretold. So he has asked us that instead of running after worldly things, you try to get closer to your creator. And that will, that will give you satisfaction and comfort. Okay? Jazakallah. Okay, Asalaamu Alaikum. Uh, so that was His Holiness um, uh, opining on uh, this issue about how to stave off uh, uh, depression and the uh, one of the causes of anxiety and depression as well, um, um, identifying materialistic desires and its pursuit um, as one of the main causes. And then uh, quoting the same verse, uh, Imam Toki, that you quoted about uh, uh, about remembrance of God. Um, it is in the members of God that the heart can find uh, comfort uh, is the translation of that verse. So that same verse was uh, being used by his holiness to uh, explain to us as to how uh, we could also reduce our anxiety and uh, fits of depression. So a useful uh, way to end that particular 
segment that we were discussing about uh, kindness and depression and how acts of kindness can actually reduce uh, the the uh, effects of depression uh, or eliminate maybe even depression. But uh, it means now we have to move on to the second of our main topics now that the time has gone past quarter past eight. Um, and this is uh, regarding alcohol and um, the topic uh, uh, title is alcohol is no excuse for bad behavior and the science proves it uh, something we picked up from feast magazine and also from runner's world now the gist of this story if i can just uh, read out what uh, has been summarized alcohol consumption is often used as <laughs> as an excuse for bad behavior uh, it does uh, it does disinhibit individuals, uh, leading them to do and say things that perhaps uh, all uh, otherwise they would not, and can help calm nerves and increase confidence due to uh, the depressing nature of it. At present, there is an alcohol problem throughout the world, and many news reports have shown. Uh, the antisocial behavior and damage that it can cause for those abusing the substance. It will uh, is well documented, uh, but uh, sh- uh, should individuals be more accountable for their own drunken decisions rather than blame it on uh, alcohol? Many rehabilitation center professionals teach this, encouraging patients to be responsible for their actions while under the influence uh, state. They, along with scientists, believe that the reason for bad behavior arguments when drunk are around misinterpretation, not understanding social situations and losing a sense of empathy. The evidence is uh, inconclusive on whether moderate drinking negatively affects mental health, but it's clear that long-term alcohol misuse does alter areas of the brain associated with Uh, processing stress, emotions, and reward. This can increase the risk of disorders such as addiction, depression, and anxiety. This happens when alcohol disrupts the usual balance of chemicals in our brains. The disinhibition experienced after consuming alcohol is due to the enhanced function of the inhibitory neurotransmitters which decrease the responsiveness of neurons to send signals in the brain. So this is uh, something that has been explained by James Clay. He's a psychological, uh, a psychology researcher at the University of Portsmouth. And he adds that so after a few drinks, we might feel stimulated, but also more relaxed. Clay says that once the alcohol's been metabo- metabolized and the high weighs off, the body attempts to restore its natural balance. But if this balance is continuously upset through drinking, uh, changes happen in the brain that leave individuals less able to effectively process emotions. Dr. Adams has also been looking into anxiety. Anxiety, I'm talking about, not anxiety, hang anxiety. Presumably it's to do with hangovers. But this is uh, described as a low mood and anxiety the next day. There can be, he says, uh, a feeling of that 
uh, and it's linked to what you may have done while drinking, possibly something embarrassing, along with a heightened state of anxiety. And uh, the, the study goes on to say that although uh, there is plenty of evidence that uh, exercise can improve these feelings, the reality is that if someone uh, is hang is if someone's hangover, dehydrated and feeling sick, uh, they're unlikely to go and run to improve this. So uh, there is an extensive study about uh, the effects of alcohol on the body. Very briefly, one of the effects is dehydration, uh, losing uh, fluid and not adequately replenishing it increasing one's chances of dehydration. As you sweat, the body sends more blood to the skin to cool down, reducing the blood flow to your muscles to power your run and making you more sluggish. It can also cause weight gain. Although alcohol uh, stops you metabolizing fat in your diet as normal, you're not going to gain weight from alcohol alone unless you have a calorie surplus. But studies have found that gaining weight is often due to making bad choices after drinking. So it's a, it's a consequence of drinking, not a direct consequence. It's a consequence of what you do after drinking that makes you uh, gain weight. So that was basically a summary of uh, uh, this particular item and what uh, it has uh, revealed to us about uh, alcohol and whether it can be used as an excuse for bad behavior. Apparently it can't. Uh, but uh, there is an Islamic angle to what we have been talking about, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And uh, you, this is something which we'll be looking at. And we do have a f- few clips uh, for our listeners. Um, the first clip is on the question that alcoholic drinks are beneficial in some degree. So why is it strictly banned in Islam? So this is an answer that which the fourth caliph, Hazrat Mr. Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on him, which he gave on this question, so we're just going in to listen to that. Uh, my name's George. Um, it was mentioned on the television news last Hello, week. Yeah. It, um, it was on the television news last week. The scientists seem to agree that all alcoholic drinks are beneficial in some degree. Uh, in view of that, can you still s- stick by the strict Muslim uh, ban on alcohol? And if a, Yet, if a <coughs> not, it's not a question of scientists alone. It's a question of scientists and it's a question of moralists and it's a question of criminologists. Their opinion put together should be considered. As far as the benefits of spirit are concerned, this is one play this is one object which is mentioned in the Holy Quran with a reference also to its benefits. While forbidden, it says it has its benefits of course. But uh, uh, harms outweigh the benefits. And the harms are briefly mentioned in principle. We speak of its its power, its capability to dazzle human intellect, to befog human intellect, to capture human intellect to a degree where he is no longer in command of his actions. Now, if you read criminologists' appraisal of what is happening in the Western society in particular, you will see that the one single culprit which is attributed to be responsible most largely for the crime 
in our society is alcohol. And, and alcohol addiction is much wider than the drug addiction. And the, not only the crimes, but the suffering which results from alcoholism every Christmas at least, by way of killing of innocent lives and badly mauled people, etc., during driving by the alcoholics, is, is not a piece of information at all. Everybody knows this. Moreover, once I read a report in some British magazine which spoke of the crimes committed against women in a society which is uh, unfortunately less, less advantageous economically, the lower rung of the, of the society, of labor, etc. That report was very clear on this, this, that most of the crimes committed against poor women in the lowly placed society are, are, responsible, uh, are done under the influence of alcohol. And most of the deprived children must blame alcoholism of their parents or their father because the earning which they have is not sufficient to be able to maintain a decent standard for the whole family plus provide for their uh, special weakness for alcohol. So they go to the pubs and return drowning their fears, drowning their sorrows apparently at, a, at advantage but also drowning all their sense of moral values and abusing their own wives, smashing their heads against walls, being cruel to the children, destroying the peace of home. So if you study the whole case without any prejudice, just neutrally, you will come to, I, I believe you will come to the same conclusion as I have myself come, that if you remove alcoholism from British society, drinking from British society, it will turn into a much better and uh, attractive place to live and with very little of uh, crookedness and crime left in this. The second thing which I want to point out is that <coughs> evil addictions can also be determined by the children they give birth to. You see, if you are a milk drinker, for instance, teetotaler, such habits do not create other habits which are worse than these. The simple habits, you can live for centuries with these, without their giving birth to worse habits. But addiction always creates worse forms of addiction. And drug addiction is a child of alcoholism, in fact when you can no longer be kicked to the degree that you, are, you want, when you no longer can be excited to a state which used to excite you but no more, when you want to go beyond, then of course you are in search of something like drugs of different forms and types. And this drug addiction according to my study, is definitely born out of the alcoholic addiction prior, before it. Prior to it or before it. Again, this drug addiction 
or overmuch alcoholism also is related to promotion of crime. Because when you are addicted to a player, whether it's a good player or bad player, irrelevant. <coughs> when you're addicted to any player and you do not have economic means to have access to that player, then crime is willy-nilly born. Because addiction is something which demands things most terribly. A man who is addicted loses command of his own faculties and sense of justice and fair play, and he must have what he wants to have at that time. So that is the reason why these things are interrelated and they go on increasing and resulting in, and, and proliferating in other smaller or bigger evils. So I'm quite satisfied with the Islamic teaching <coughs> that uh, alcoholism is forbidden. So that was a uh, small clip um, from a question-answer session from the fourth caliph of the Amdiya Muslim community. And uh, we have another clip um, uh, from the fourth caliph of the Muslim community, Azam Zatayr Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on him. And this again is on the question that why are Muslims forbidden from drinking alcohol? So uh, let's listen to this. Um, my second question is why aren't we allowed to drink any alcohol? Alcohol, when you see, already you have uh, seen so many campaigns against drunken driving, haven't you? Yes. And you must have been aware also of uh, alcohol men being mentioned frequently in connection with the increase in crime. So this is something which is bad because under alcoholic influence, we either lose control of, over our actions or we are enfeebled in our mental capabilities to judge things in the right perspective. So we make, we're more likely to make errors of judgment. Like it is de demonstrated during our driving of cars under alcoholic influences. Why do accidents take place? Because our, uh, judgment is impaired under alcoholic influence. So when you can't drive a car, how can you be safe in dealing with other human affairs? That is why many an alcoholic person has been reported to smash the head of his own child against the stone wall, becoming mad at something, you know, he couldn't control his rage. Similarly, most of the cruelties committed against wives, women here, uh, by their husbands, are reported to be under the influence of wine or alcohol, whatever you call it. So, because it is, it has more bad than good about it, so the Holy Quran says that is why it has been forbidden. Um, and next we'll be listening to a clip um, on the Islamic prohibition of alcohol. And this is from the program Faith Matters. Um, so, very important program on MTA. Um, so, we're just going to be listening to a short clip on this. Um, I'd like to just very quickly touch upon a question that was raised a few weeks ago that we didn't actually get a chance to dis discuss in, uh, and touch upon. And, and the questioner raised a question about why is the consumption of pork prohibited in Islam? But they also asked, why is the consumption of alcohol prohibited in Islam? And, you know, what is the wisdom of the teaching behind that as well? 
Perhaps the panel could shed some light very quickly because we, we only have a few minutes left on, 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 on the teachings of that. Well, some people in that, I mean, just uh, I take that, in that aspect, some people sometimes argue that uh, there are good points in uh, alcoholic drinks, all that. The Holy Quran has taken this one. It has been mentioned as some of the uh, uh, impure things introduced by Satan, Ritsuminamali Shaitan. And then uh, the Holy Quran has also mentioned that uh, the good points, they are far more than the, uh, I mean, than the, uh, the verse of the Holy Quran says that there are some good points in it and some uh, harms in there. And the harms are much more than any possible so they, good point. They outweigh, outweigh, the, good. They outweigh, they outweigh the good. That. So in that case, this is a simple question of wisdom. If something is more harmful, people should abstain from that. That is one of the argument. Yes. And the name Khamar, which has been used in the Holy Quran, that is also has a meaning of covering. So it covers the mind and the intellect of the person, mm -hmm. and the mental faculties are damaged as a result of excessive drinking. And nobody knows when one becomes excessive drinker, you know. Yes. Beginning is always made from a small drink, mm -hmm. and then people move forward. Mm -hmm. So that's a very slippery road. So Islam says the better is that people should try to abstain from that. Ibrahim said very quickly on this point, obviously for, for we see many in the West, although that much merriment is gained from, from drinking of alcohol, we also see how alcohol is often the source of breakdown of families and of society, and it has many detrimental effects. Well, I mean, I think Imam Sahib has clearly demonstrated that its, it's, it's, its blessings are smaller than, than its, its evil is greater. And that's what you see. You, you may see uh, young people or any person going out with the intention of having a few drinks. And many times on a daily basis, and particularly in Ireland we're hearing this all the time, the amount of deaths, the amount of injuries, the amount, but particularly deaths of young people, 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, who've died simply because of consuming um, alcohol. I mean, those of you who are listening to the news, one famous singer belonged to this uh, bison man who died purely on taking, uh, drinking too much alcohol. So, I mean, it is, it is obvious. I mean, I have seen in, 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 in you know, my life so far, many families being destroyed just, just because of alcohol. I mean, uh, the, Quran, the whole Quran shows clearly that its, its teaching is full of wisdom, that it, I mean, it is not beneficial. Mm -hmm. The Holy Prophet has said that liquor is the mother of all vice and the greatest of sins. And if you want to see a practical example of that, visit any accident and emergency department over a Friday, Saturday or a Sunday, or any police station on a Friday, Saturday Sunday, and you will see a pictorial example of the damaging effect it has on health and on society as general, and the lawlessness that it uh, emanates from there is there to be seen. So correctly, uh, this backs up the hadith of the Holy Prophet and he has said that liquor is the mother of all wives and leads to I all of the things. The police people have understood this message of yes. Islam very well. <laughs> yes, I think Because so. they have made a rule that drink and drive is a crime. That's right. And they are yeah. trying their very best. Yes, they, they are trying their and very it's very a good thing, you know. Yeah. So that speaks volumes, you know, mm. just this principle. Mm. Why they have come to this conclusion? Because they know for certain that a lot of accidents, a mm. lot of uh, loss mm. of life will be the result of this. So that was a <clears throat> small clip uh, from Faith Matters on this subject. And lastly, uh, we wanted to share a clip from another program uh, called Beacon of Truth. Um, and this is from uh, the MTA Canada studios on uh, alcohol consumption. So let's listen to this. And he was driving under the influence. 
So his action ended up resulting in the loss of life of three, four individuals. Or we can take another example that, you know, there's a student, she just finished high school, she had good grades, uh, she got into the university of her liking. It's first week on campus, there's a parties happening, you know, she goes, uh, she mingles, uh, you know, she takes a drink, somebody puts uh, some other drug in her drink without her knowing. And the next morning when she wakes up, she realizes that she's been raped. So now all her future is on the line. Will she be able to continue her education with this? Or, you know, sometimes at night, the mother is waiting at home that, you know, my son, will he come back? Where is he? Or that wife who is anxiously waiting, where is my husband? She's calling, no answer, right? And then the domestic abuse. So all of these things, when we put together, we see there is a very horrible picture. And the facts, they tell us that just in the USA, it is the third preventable leading cause of death. So this is the key word, preventable. We are doing this to ourselves. The World Health Organization tells us that over 200 diseases are associated with uh, alcohol consumption. Very similarly, we see that annually worldwide, more than 3.3 million people, they die due to alcohol consumption or related uh, diseases. So all of this, we as a society, we're doing it to ourselves. And this is what the Holy Quran says when it talks about alcohol consumption in chapter uh, 2, verse 220. Allah says, they ask thee concerning wine and the game of hazard, say, in both there is great sin and also some advantages for men. And then Allah says, but their sin is greater than their advantage. So, so it's the social implication. There's a lot of uh, social problems that can be created from this. And this is why Islam is prohibiting the, the outright use of this, of it, this drug and, and, and other drugs. Exactly. Now, Farhan Saab, you know, some people make this argument that there, when something is prohibited, then there is more use of it because people, you know, they want to explore, they want to try something new. And they give the example of the prohibition of alcohol in the 1920s, how that actually resulted in increasing in the consumption of alcohol. So can we say by legalizing this drug, would it have a, a decrease or an increase in its effect? Actually, it's interesting. A lot of people on, uh, on the word on the street also, we heard that they are making the comparison with alcohol. Uh, first of all, just because there is a harmful substance uh, which, is har which, which is legal. So that was a small clip um, from uh, Beacon of Truth uh, from the MTA Canada studios. Uh, so, you know, very interesting uh, or listening to all of these clips. Um, um, and it just goes to show you that uh, some of the harmful effects of alcohol itself. I mean, not even uh, looking at uh, Islamic perspective, but just looking at the figures, for example, it's, it says that Public Health Review in 2016, um, they said that alcohol misuse is the biggest risk factor for death, ill health and disability amongst the 15 to 49 year olds in the UK and the fifth biggest risk factor across all ages. And uh, persistent alcohol misuse increase increases your risk of serious health conditions, including heart disease, stroke, liver disease, liver cancer, just to name a few, and as well as causing um, serious health problems. Long-term alcohol misuse can lead to social problems for some people, such as unemployment, divorce, domestic abuse, and homelessness. And statistics from 2015 to 16, it shows that offenders were 
believed to be under the influence of alcohol in around 39% of all violent crimes in England and 49% in worlds contributing to public disorder and antisocial behavior in communities across the country. And furthermore, there is enormous amount of hidden harm associated with alcohol through its role in exasperating domestic and intimate partner violence, child neglect, and the abuse of vulnerable individuals. And there are an estimated uh, 587,000 dependent drinkers in England, and only 18% of them are receiving treatment. So we can see that uh, some of these figures are very alarming. And after listening to all of the clips as well, we, we know that according to Islam, alcohol it leads to the path of drugs and destruction. And, I, I mean, this verse was mentioned earlier as well, uh, but it is from chapter chapter 5, um and this from uh, 91 to 92 um, and it reads and I quote that in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful that O ye who believe wine and the game of hazard and idols are divining arrows are only an abomination of Satan's handiwork so shun each one of them that you may prosper and Satan desires only to create enmity and hatred among you by means of wine and the game of hazard and to keep you away from the remembrance of Allah and from prayer. But will you keep back? And in this verse, the the Arabic word which has been used for wine is al-khamr. And al-khamr is used in this verse which means anything that intoxicates or alters the, or alters the mind. So that means that all forms of intoxicants are forbidden. And al-khamr the literal meaning of of khamar is something which covers and here it refers to the covering of one's ability of the mind so your decision making skills that is affected through the consumption of alcohol and this verse it clearly explains the problems created by the use of such intoxicants and first they lead to hatred and enmity amongst people, causing murder, violence, immoral behavior. And secondly, they lead people away from Allah and his religion. And someone who is under the influence of alcohol, um, he will not be able to offer his prayers as he's not in his full mindset to even remember the Allah the Almighty. And even amongst the society, it's not good for him as... This will lead to more hatred and enmity amongst people. Um, and just looking at some of the narrations of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, on what he's on this particular particular subject, we know that uh, he's referred to uh, wine as Umul Khabais, that it is the mother of all evils. Furthermore, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he says, at one place that if a large amount of anything causes intoxication, even a small amount of it is forbidden. At another place, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that an undutiful son, a gambler, and one who casts up what is given, and one who is addicted to wine, will not enter paradise. And Tariq bin Suwaid, 
uh, one of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he asked the Holy Prophet about wine and he forbade him. And when he told him that he used it only as a medicine, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that it is not a medicine, but it is a disease. So, uh, so the holy the followers of the holy prophet peace be upon him they are forbidden from brewing serving selling or even storing alcohol and having recognized the destructive consequences of alcohol consumption islam vowed to safeguard the society from devastating consequences of alcohol use uh, the holy prophet peace be upon him he once said that islam the beauty of islam is also uh, that whatever is pointless should be abandoned. Thus, one should never waste their good health by giving in to temptation and indulging in harmful substances. I mean, I, I was quite um, surprised that although, you know, Islam does say that alcohol is prohibited, um, the Quran at the same time, it does mention some of its benefits as well. Not in terms of uh, consumption but in terms of medicine and through various other means as well and and we know that that is uh, even within the Muslim world that is very much recognized for example the famous hand sanitizers of that are used today they are strongly based on the antibacterial properties of distilled alcohol and early Muslim scientists had been using alcohol in medical practices and discoveries for a very long time, such as we know Jabir bin Hayyan, who was described as the distillation of wine in his work. And science and technology in Islam explains that alcohol uh, from distilled wine was heavily used from the time of Jabir bin Hayyan, famously known as the father of chemistry. And various other schools also mention the distillation of wine and its medical properties, such as Al-Kindi, another prominent figure in his book, uh, the book of chemistry of perfume and distillation. So the the use of it in terms of medicine um, it, or, or in terms of, uh, for example, we here see that hand sanitizer and other benefits, that is also known as well. But in terms of consumption, Islam is very clear that uh, it is forbidden. Uh, I mean, if we look at the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, the founder of the MD Muslim community, he explains, and he says at one place that the Quran does not permit its followers to drink alcohol so long as they are not intoxicated by it. Rather, it forbids its consumption completely. Otherwise, you should you would be lost from the path that leads to God and his converse. Nor would God cleanse such a person of their impurities. The Holy Quran says that such things are the invention of Satan and you should guard yourself against them. And uh, lastly, I wanted to read this uh, incident out which uh, the, 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 the fifth caliph of the Amdi Muslim community, which, is men- which he mentions, Azam Samasuramad, may Allah be his helper. And uh, you, you can read more on this on Review of Religions on the topic of cannabis and unstoppable war. Um, and uh, the alcohol and other intoxicants, it's also explained here. And it says here that uh, His Holiness explains that in any case, Islam commandment is clear that intoxicants and drugs are wrong. 
And for example, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that Allah has cursed wine and the one who drinks wine and the one who serves wine and the one who buys or sells wine and the one who distributes it. So what does this mean? He says that while there are, there may be uh, an order, ordained punishment in Islam for its use, there may be some administrative reprimand and the purpose behind that uh, would be to help a person reform so they are saved from falling under this curse of divine punishment. And why would one want to fall under this curse? And His Holiness, he then mentioned an incident that uh, when he says that when I was living in Ghana, a colonel who was a neighbor one day sent a bottle of alcohol to put in our fridge and His Holiness refused to do this. And upon this, the colonel, he became en enraged and came knocking forcefully on our door. And the colonel said that what harm does was there in putting an open bottle in our fridge? And His Holiness replied that our prophet had stated that one who drinks alcohol, the one who supplies alcohol to drink, and the one who prepares alcohol, and the one who stores alcohol, and the one who sells it are all hell-bound. So I, I said to him, His Holiness said that, decide for yourself that would I like to be among the inmates of the fire? Of course not. So we should save ourselves that which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to save ourselves from. So with that, uh, I'll conclude the Islamic perspective on this as well. And then uh, we, may Allah the Almighty enable all of us that we are able to understand and also act upon these teachings of Islam. Amen. Thank you very much for that. It's interesting, isn't it, uh, Imam Turki, that um, Islam seems to be the only religion that has explicitly uh, forbidden uh, alcohol and also uh, enumerated um, why, and also that it has some benefits. And it's something that is being... Uh, uh, confirmed by researchers and science mm. today. No other religion has actually done it. So it speaks volumes as to the uh, the sense of uh, the good sense of Islamic teachings. Absolutely. Uh, and the um, uh, we would say the um, the wisdom that is inherent in in this religion as opposed to opposed to others. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I was interested when you were reading that verse of the Holy Quran about uh, forbiddance of uh, alcohol. Uh, games of chance was also included, mm. because nowadays uh, there is certainly in the UK a, a great uh, deal of concern about gambling, and a lot of uh, adverts are coming. I mean, my 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 children watch football quite a lot, so mm. they come across these. Uh, these adverts by William Hill and others yeah. about uh, being sensible about uh, gambling. Mm. And that is something that has been imposed upon uh, these gambling uh, companies by the government. That because of the increase in uh, gambling addiction, that such uh, gambling companies are compelled to uh, devote some of their funds uh, towards uh, addressing the issue and preventing this this happening, but again, it's something that uh, may have some good in it, mm. but because of the harm, uh, that's why it's forbidden. And the the fact remains that both uh, uh, gambling and alcohol are, are not just uh, those uh, ills 
that cause harm to the individual, but also harm to the, those who are close to the individual, to families. Mm. They, they lead to break up of families and, uh, uh, and harm to be inflicted on, on, those, on those who are uh, addicts. Absolutely. So the, the, the damage is very widespread. It's not just to the person itself, but it's, mm. it's, it's on a wider level. Mm. So it's just as well. I mean, it's, it's again, uh, speaks volumes for the wisdom of the Holy Quran. It has picked these uh, two ills and identified them and then, uh, then admonished uh, uh, believers uh, to, uh, to partake of them. Um, so again, I, as I said, it speaks volumes for the teaching of Islam. Right, um, uh, now that we're coming to the close of this uh, broadcast, uh, it leaves us to thank those people who have been involved in the uh, preparation of the program. In particular, our producer, Nergis Nasser, is worthy of our gratitude, as is her uh, researchers, as are her researchers, should I say, uh, Aman Mir, Neha Latif, Hannah Ahmed, Yusra Khan and Maha Iftihar. Uh, thanks also to Muhammad Shafiq who has been making sure that everything technically has been running smoothly. So he was our engineer for the broadcast. And then we mustn't forget uh, Professor Antonio Raffone who uh, joined us, a new fan of uh, Voice of Islam, I believe, from what he was saying. Uh, and he uh, enlightened us more about the first topic that we were discussing. It was, want to feel less depressed? Try an act of kindness. So the relationship of kindness uh, and acts of kindness to others and how that interplayed with depression and it made you feel better if you uh, were involved in acts of kindness to, to others. So that was an interesting uh, part of the program that uh, we covered during the uh, slot between 7.30 and 8.15. And then we also looked at uh, what we were just discussing now, the second of our main topics, which is about alcohol and the fact that it's no excuse for bad behavior. This is according to uh, a science research. Um, and um, so that is something that we would discuss, discussing in the latter half of the program. And we also looked at the Islamic angle, of course, to all this, uh, particularly the fact that um, in many of... Um, in, in in statements relating to the the ills of alcohol, um, the Quran has been vindicated uh, uh, by 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 research and by by experience. So that was an interesting uh, part of the program, and we were also able to share a range of clips on this particular item. Uh, most of them were from His Holiness, the late Hazrat Mirza Tayyib the fourth uh, successor of the Promised Messiah. Uh, may Allah have mercy on him. And we also shared a clip from the Beacon of Truth that was also dealing with this uh, particular topic and how Islam and why Islam forbids the consumption of alcohol and why it is so right to do so. So that uh, really is it. Uh, do join us again uh, for the breakfast show. It runs from Monday to Friday from 7 to 9 o'clock. Uh, and until then, it's salam alaikum from Imam Zakir and myself. Uh, so until next time, or until next week, should I say, um, we'll be back 
and uh, uh, wish you all the best in the future. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.